Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to Listen Up America. I'm your host, Eric. Thanks for joining us this week. Please make sure to subscribe on the service you choose to listen to the podcast, if it's Spotify or something else. But make sure you catch us every week, because every Monday, I'm back. So as you all know, it's 100 days, give or take, for Chairman Joe and his uh, footprint that he's leaving on this country. And I thought it would only be appropriate that we spend some time to celebrate the best of Chairman Joe. So we're going to pull clips of the babbling idiot known as Chairman Joe in his attempts to speak to the American people and sometimes to world leaders, sometimes to just these poor people that got suckered into allowing him into their business or restaurant or whatever to contribute his two cents and not having a clue and why he's there or who he is. So we're going to have some fun with this uh, because if you're going to put a dementia patient in front of us knowingly and just abuse the man, I'm going to give it right back to him. I am going to call him out. You taking the big chair, buddy. You know, you wanted the big seat. You got the big seat. Now you got to wear your big boy pants. Just try not to soil them through the next hour or so because I'm going to eat you alive, Chairman Joe but only by commenting on what you do and say. So let's start rolling. First, we'll start off with uh, Jennifer Psaki, you know, the Red Devil, the press course secretary, the circle jerk, circle back, Psaki, you know her. She was asked a question by the White House correspondence pool, and the question was, why does Joe Biden not interact with the media on a regular basis? He takes questions nearly every day he's out from the press. That is not something we recommend. In fact, a lot of times we say, don't take questions. You know, but he's going to do what he wants to do because he's the president of the United States. That whole thing she just shot out of her little red pie hole should worry you. Everybody. We tell him not to take questions. We all know why. And this whole episode is going to prove to you why you don't let it talk. That's the reason he shouldn't even be president. So much so that he's calling himself out in this next clip. He's, he basically says, and you'll hear it, he's talking about COVID deaths. Anyone responsible for that many deaths should not remain as the president of the United States. That is Chairman Joe's words. You're going to hear him. He's going to refer to the deaths per month right after he got elected and Trump was in charge and Trump was building up the vaccine. And we'll get to that too. And then Chairman Joe is going to give you numbers. I'm not. He's going to give you numbers. He's going to stumble through it, but he's going to give you numbers. You tell me which is more and who should be fired. This is Biden on October 22nd, 2020, during a presidential debate with Trump. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are a thousand deaths a day now. A thousand deaths a day. Okay, got that thousand a day. In a month, there are 30 to 31 days. Do the math. We're talking about 30,000 people 
according to Chairman Joe's math. Now, on April 6th of 2021, Chairman Joe said this. Bad news. New, new variants of the virus are spreading and they're moving quickly. Cases are going back up. Just the month of January, we lost 95,747, excuse me, 95,774 Americans. In March, that was 37,172 Americans. So, that's a lot more than 30,000 in a month, the numbers that the babbling idiot gave. Why are you still chairman, chairman? Taking no responsibility, right? You're blaming the other guy. That's what you do for everything. You're just blaming the other guy. Trump put the blame on China where it belongs. They're the ones that unleashed this on the planet. The Chinese need to be held accountable for this. Not Trump. Trump didn't go in the basement and just start concocting something and go, <laughs> let it out. No. The Chinese concocted this one, <laughs> let it out. Here's a clip from Trump from September 18th, 2020. As part of Operation Warp Speed, my administration's manufacturing all of the most promising vaccines in advance. And actually, it'll be fairly long in advance. As soon as a vaccine is approved, the administration will deliver it to the American people immediately. Distribution will begin within 24 hours after notice. And the general, I think uh, those are the words specifically you wanted us to use. And yes, within 24 hours, you're all set to go and massive amounts will be delivered through our great military. And the general is uh, one of our best and he is ready to go. We'll have manufactured at least 100 million vaccine doses before the end of the year and likely much more than that. Hundreds of millions of doses will be available every month, and we expect to have enough vaccines for every American by April. Do you miss Trump yet? Did you hear the difference between his presentation and speech? Remember, not on a teleprompter, he's just reading some information he has and just going with it. Talking to the general over shoulder to make sure this is exactly the word you want me to use. Yes, it is. Remember, Chairman Joe, back in January and February and March, was saying, you know, I got all these plans. We're going to get um, 100 million vaccines out. Yeah, he's saying that in February. Trump said it in September. All he's doing is piggybacking the work of Trump. Trump did all this and delivered the 100 million plus COVID time. Don't touch me, I'm sterile. Trump called all this. Chairman Joe's just riding coattails. Now we got vaccines going bad all across the country. Why? Well, because only 30% at most of the country, per Biden, has got the vaccinations. That's it. There's plenty out there. Now it's spoiling and going bad and they're disposing of it and getting rid of it. No one's going. We talked last week and the week before. There are no huge sites given shots. Because American people are done with this. We're not getting shots. 70% of this country, if not more, is like, I'll pass. Nobody wants it. Nobody trusts it. If you look, and this was on the Biden website, okay? This isn't me making it up. It's not conspiracy. It's just you read what they say about themselves. 
the COVID vaccination is killing more people than any other vaccination out there. That's why nobody wants it. Nobody trusts it. Nobody believes in it. And for those 30% that are, that went and got in line, God bless. If that works for you and you survived it and you didn't have after effects and whatnots, you're the lucky ones. Because there's people out there that are very lethargic that just aren't right. And some died for no reason. Totally healthy. Now they're dead. And they didn't have COVID. You've got government officials wearing masks with shots spread all out. We talked about the Capitol building last week. They're all spread out. Kamala Harris, you know, the vice chair and her old man, don't even know his name, don't care. They were out in public. You can look it up because this is a podcast. I can't show you the damn picture. They kiss each other in public. Oh, that's cute. They're both wearing masks. I don't even know. (laughs) Are you guys catching up yet? This is how liberalism and all the other isms that we always talk about that go with it, that mentality. They say one thing and then deliver imagery that contradicts what they're saying. Go get your vaccinations. Go, 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 go. But you still got to wear your mask because, look, I got to kiss my wife with a mask on. But then you got Chairman Joe and his old lady going to visit Jimmy Cotta and his old lady. And that really goofy picture you've seen where the Carters are real tiny, look like hobbits. Nobody's wearing a mask and everybody in that room's like 78 to 99 years old. You just want to take your head and smack it against the wall because they say and do nothing but contradictions. I told you last week, the consistency of the liberalism is that they're inconsistent. And then they wonder why they, they do this on purpose. This is totally the point. They're not stupid. They want you to not get shots and they want you to get the shots. They want, they want everything. They want chaos. They want the madness. They want another spike so they can take your freedoms away. You just got to get used to wearing the mask. No, I don't. I told you guys, you know, people in California start cutting back. I went into Walmart. Didn't wear it. Nobody said a word. Didn't care. This is the greatest overreaction in the history of reactions. It's an illness. It's a virus. Get them all the time. Have gotten them all the time. Humanity finds a way. They never let a good crisis go to waste. So here's the next clip on confusion. Chairman Joe talking about how to get your shots now. I'm here to report that we're, uh, where are we? We're also going to slip vaccines directly to, to pediatricians ship them to to pediatricians, and other creative ways to make it easier and more fun to get vaccinated. Visit vaccines.gov, vaccines.gov, or text to your your zip code to, that's why I'm asking people to continue to follow CDC guidelines. Talk to someone you trust, like your physician or your pharmacist. This is one thing people across the political spectrum can't agree on. I'll conclude with this. The light at the end of the tunnel is actually growing brighter and brighter. This is your choice. It's life and death. Uh, What do you say? There's Chairman Joe telling you to go to vaccines.gum twice. After he corrected it and said .gov, then he went .gum, CCD. He's reading. I'm watching the video. 
eyes, laser beam, not blinking, straight ahead. He's reading a teleprompter. Now, it would be super funny if they were like really typing in like screwed up words in there, but they're not. Trump Jr. snuck in and started banging away on the keyboard to get Chairman Joe to talk like an idiot. No, he is an idiot. He's always been an idiot. I'll show you a clip with that later. Over 10, it's like 12 years ago, a clip I will share later. It's got some bad words in it, but they're funny. Chairman Joe doesn't know where he is, who he is, or what's going on. This next clip, I'm going to share it with you. This is from January 2020. This is Chairman Joe calling Trump a xenophobe. And the reason, if you recall, what happened in January last year, that's when it just started popping up, COVID. And Trump shut down travel from China. And Nancy Pelosi, that's when she went to the streets of San Francisco to go hug Asian people, which is just politicizing. Nobody was mad at anyone in San Francisco. We were pissed and are pissed at mainland China. Everyone, it's like, this, like they're talking about the Asian hate crime. What's just black people beating on Asian people? That's all it is. You can look at every damn video, and that's all it is. But they won't say that. There's just, you know, the anti-Asian. Like, no, it's black people that are not paying attention to the news that are being created by the manipulation of the media and the Biden administration by their nonsense. And then they react. They're mad. They're mad at the wrong people. should be mad at those clowns in the White House and those clowns across the ocean called China. To be mad at any American other than those that are like, no, let it in. How dare you close the border? Then he does this. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia. But then on May 4th of 2021, so a couple of days ago, Biden made a decision. Chairman Joe made a decision and the media delivered it this way from his friends at CNN. Well, this is massive news. It's something that has been under discussion for several days here at the White House as we have seen these cases skyrocketing in India. And now we are being told that on the advice of the CDC, the Biden administration is going to start restricting travel from India, restricting travel from India. Uh, Caitlin Collins, you're so right. This is big news. So many people have been wondering if and when this would happen, and it just did. So, you know, there was a climate conference. You know, everybody, all the world leaders that cared for this nonsense showed up on their video TVs. And Biden sat in a little round table room with, I don't know, it looked like uh, catnip growing in the middle of the table. And, uh, you know, talking all kumbaya and how they're going to save the planet. Oh, by the way, it was just determined this week. I could have told you this 20 years ago. China produces more pollution in the air than every industrialized country put together on the planet. But if we just make the cars electric in America, Eric, we'll save the planet. No, you won't. Planet doesn't need to be saved. There are consequences. You know, we've talked about this. You, you have actions. There are consequences. What do you think life is like in China? I've been there. I've seen it. It's disgusting. And it's only gotten worse as they've built up this industrial empire of just go for it. There's no regulations on anything. 
when I was in China on business for those couple of weeks, visiting multiple cities and regions to see the different factories and, and the manufacturing abilities that they have, there were many American corporations already there. And how it works is if uh, Toyota opens a plant in China, China now owns 50% of that plant. And they get to do whatever they want with any product coming out of there. The agreement is they have to make at least one alteration. So when I was there, we were looking at gearboxes. And the alteration they would make is, see, you put a, a breather plug in the box. So it helps pressurize it. Keeps the oil where it's supposed to be and everything just runs. It's, it's a nice little feature. They just move that drill. They just tap and drill that and put the plug in. They just moved it. It's the same everything. Insides, outsides, all the components, everything's exactly the same. Even the plug's the same. They just relocated it. That's all you have to do. So you can use everything the same and you can move your mirror, you know, a quarter inch to the left or something. Literally something as stupid as that. And that's fine. And then the other half is owned by the corporation that brought the technology and the, and the idea to them. But as I'm traveling through China, there were no birds. There were none. I was in the hills and the mountains. I was in this one very large city. Um, they kind of called it like their Beverly Hills. It was all marbled out fronts and walkways. It was beautiful. Right on this huge lake. I don't remember the name of it. Trees all the way around. There were weddings going on. There were tours. People would get in trams like it's a Universal Studios tour. And it would, for whatever, a couple hours around this big old lake. There are no birds, no finches, no pigeons, no crows, no ducks, nothing. Yeah, they, they either ate them, which they mostly did, and the pollution destroyed them. It can't be that bad. Okay, I'm in the middle of the day, and I had pictures on my old laptop, and uh, my wife's like, wow, it's really uh, foggy there. I'm like, this ain't fog. This is 11 o'clock in the morning, and this is just what the sky in Shanghai is when you look up. The people of China, most of them have no clue the sky is blue. If they're under the age of 25, they likely have no idea that the sky is blue. It's just gray to them. Every male over there, literally 99% plus of every Chinese male over there smokes. It's disgusting. We went on like this World War II barge to cross a river. We were going from one side to the other. And uh, upstream was, I was told, was a chemical factories, which basically that was a chemical city. So in this one city, this is where they made their chemicals, at least in that part of China. As we're crossing the water, I mean, there's other stories to tell and I won't get into, but I'm looking at the water or, you know, when you're at a gas station and it's raining and then you can see like that, the, those colors and the water rising up and you got that orange and yellow, red, blue, purple, all those little colors you get in the, in the water. Yeah, that's gasoline. That's gasoline on top of it. Imagine an entire river that looks like that. I'm telling you, the entire river, they're smoking, and I'm sitting there going, we are going to die. One dude's going to flick one of those butts right out. And I had this huge Chinese guy that I thought was like Japanese sumo wrestler. But he's sitting right outside my car, and he's smoking away. And I'm just like, he flicks that thing? It's Barbecue City. We're done. I couldn't get off that water fast enough. There is no environmental regard for China. So I talked about consequences. Just give it another five years, 10 years, 20 years. You'll never hear about it, but the cases of cancer are going to go 
through the roof and they're going to be basically eliminating their population problem by just poisoning everybody slowly. As my witness, I'm telling you straight up, as God is my witness, everything I've just told you is 100% true. I've been there. I've seen it. Every dude over there, age 20 to 30, smokes, and they all got the, the, the lunger, the, the lunger, they got the cough. Just a matter of time. Cancer and the poisoning and the, that comes from it all, this is going to cripple and destroy this country. For what? Because they want to be the number one. Well, they're not going to be because they're going to be dead. They're going to eliminate themselves from this process in the planet. Not, a, not entirely. They'll get smart eventually. We all do. We always learn from our mistakes too. But right now they're all in. Remember, they're the one country. This is where it all started, COVID, and they've only had like two, 3,000 deaths. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I believe that. Not even a little. So let's get back to some more clips. So here's Biden on the climate. A moment of peril. I'd like to build, I want to build uh, an, uh, an, a, a, I see engine, uh, the engineers to forge cleaner steel. We must try to keep the Earth's temperature and, uh, to an increase of to 1.5 degrees Celsius. It's undeniable, non-debile, you know, the idea of accelerating and punishing the reality that will come if we don't move this November and the UN Climate Conference, the Climate Change Conference. We really have no choice. We have to get this done. He doesn't have a clue. Not a clue at all. They should just start putting Dr. Seuss-type speeches up there. I am Joe. See Joe speak. Joe run, run. I just, he does this every day. I'm going to show another clip here. He doesn't even know who the president is. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago. Brittany, break it down. I think I did it again. He does this all the time. He calls her President Harris. The guy... They're telling him one thing, but something else is going on. And like I said, the, the one thing about liberalism and Democrats is, remember, the only thing that's consistent is their inconsistency. They contradict themselves all the time. Left today, right tomorrow. We'll get to some of the beauties of that. And I want to get you guys all heads up. Hey, when it comes to all this uh, pop culture stuff that we throw in there, uh, yeah, it's your host. I bring all the ideas and my producer sign just giggles his butt off with, I can't believe I just put Britney Spears in a podcast. <laughs> That's just the way it is, man. So uh, you're all welcome for that. And I hope you enjoyed as much as we do. So now we're going to move on from Chairman Joe and President Harris. Chairman Joe wants to talk about gun control. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And he said some things on, on, the, on the lawn. And uh, we just, there was so much to talk about that you just can't get to everything, but this was kind of cool to, we'll just do a whole thing on Chairman Joe. So we're going to play the clip. And this was just from a few weeks ago when he was talking about gun control. The Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the key agency enforcing gun laws, hasn't had a permanent director since 2015. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman, to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. 
He served there for 25 years. And Vice President Harris and I believe he's the right person at this moment for this important agency. So you get that? Did you, did you pay close enough attention to that? He said it right, Al- Al- alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. But then he called the AFT. And David Shipman has been with AFT for 25 years and be well-suited to take care of that. Does anyone want to tell me what the hell the AFT is? Because it's the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Not the AFT. He's reading a teleprompter. So David Shipman's well-versed in the ways of doing business in the AFT. All day long, baby. All day long. Joe, gonna make it rain in gaffs. Are we done? Nope, not even close. Let's keep rolling. So Chairman Joe, you know that guy from Scranton, Pennsylvania, whose dad was middle class and he rode the train and everything like that to uh, get around and, you know, always talks about that. So infrastructure. Now, when Chairman Joe brought up infrastructure in the beginning, he was talking about, you know, Infrastructure as we all knew it to be, roads, transportation. But now it's everything else. You know, when you talk to every other liberal and commie in Congress and the Senate, it's, well, we got to talk about daycare. Well, we got to talk about, you know, the environment. We got to, like, what are you talking about? That's totally different. That has nothing to do with infrastructure. It's infrastructure. No, it's not. You're a moron. So Joe's trying to sell Amtrak and infrastructure. Here we go. Oh, uh, if you think about it, when we were, when I was vice president with Barack, he allowed me to put together a budget for Amtrak. And it had money for high-speed rail at 200 miles an hour from, from, uh, uh, excuse me, from Charlotte, one, another line going from, in, in Florida, down to Tampa, Another line, if we had moved, Gov, we'd have that tunnel fixed in New York now. The money was there to get it done. So he talks about a train in Charlotte, then a train in Florida, then he goes left to Tampa. At least that's in Florida. Then out of nowhere, he just pulls New York Tunnel out of his butt. That's gold, Jerry. Gold! The guy's priceless. The fact, you know, and this really, I don't know if it bothers you all as much, but... I'm a big fan of the nighttime TV, you know, a while ago and certain people like in the last 10 years and they, they dropped him like a bad habit was Craig Ferguson. He was amazing. The late, 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 late show, whatever the heck it was with Craig Ferguson. He was on it like one in the morning by far the funniest because he cut everybody. He was and is a comedian. These idiots on comedy central and in the, the Jimmy Kimmel's, and uh, what's the other morons out there? I don't even know them because they're not funny. They're stupid. All they sit there and they get on stage during their monologue that, uh, I'm sorry, when Johnny Carson did it and Jay Leno and even Letterman actually just like told jokes, made fun of stuff. And the crowd, <laughs> now you got guys going, I want to talk about my son and what Trump's doing to him. Okay, you're a rich guy, Jimmy Kimmel. If you can't afford medical care, then what hope do any of us have, you meathead? Crying for your son. ABC's paying you not to be funny. A lot of money. So instead of spending it on whatever it is you spend it on, 
Take care of your family and stop crying about it. But what, Trevor Noah on Comedy Central? I'll see the little commercials. I try to record stuff so I don't. I can just fast forward. But that jerk off just sits in his living room, I guess, with a hoodie, you know, because that's got to say something. And he talks like he has a clue about social justice and what it's like to be. Give me a break. None of this is funny. It's agitating and aggravating and insulting. Saturday Night Live. Haven't watched that in like 25 years since the great cast of you know, Chris Farley, David Spade, and Sandler. You know, those guys. Once that group was done, it's over. None of it is funny. It's insulting. And they keep putting that crap out there. And some people are like, well, I've been watching Saturday Night Live. It's time to stop. Remember, vote with your wallet. Just turn it off. Find something else. There's a million other things on there that might make you laugh. Saturday Night Live will not make you laugh. All right, I'm off my pedestal now on that. I'm going to share with you two clips. This is Chairman Joe on the border. Then and now. So first we're going to play the then clip from 2006. The country that is a turquoise democracy where they have the greatest disparity. And well, it's one of the wealthiest countries in the hemisphere. And because of a corrupt system that exists in Mexico, there is the 1% of the population at the top, a very small middle class, and the rest is abject poverty. Folks, I voted for offense. I voted like, unlike most Democrats, and some of you won't like it. I voted for 700 mile fence. But let me tell you, we can build a fence 40 stories high. Unless it changes the dynamic in Mexico, and, and, you will not like this, and punish American employers who knowingly violate the law when, in fact, they hire illegals. Unless you do those two things, all the rest is window dressing. Now, I know I'm not supposed to say it that bluntly, but they're the facts. They're the facts. And so everything else we do is in between here. Everything else we do is, 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 is at the margin. The reason why I, parenthetically, why I believe the fence is needed is not related to immigration as much as the drugs. I'm the guy that wrote the National Crime Bill. I'm the guy that wrote the National Drug Trade. I'm the guy that wrote the law that set up a drug czar. But let me tell you something, folks. People are driving across that border with tons, tons, hear me, of everything from byproducts from methamphetamine to cocaine to heroin. And it's all coming up through corrupt Mexico. So I would have, as they say, in the southern part of my state, I'd have an, all, I'd have an altar call with those boys. I'd have a little tongue of Lord me. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Any of you know about me? I've been doing this a long time. I've known every single major world leader in every country for the past 20 years. And I know a lot of them well because they came up like you guys in business. I've been a senator, only four senators served on the reason. Now, it's kind of hard to hear because someone was like on their phone filming him in a huge like hotel conference room with all of his supporters in there. And he talked about all the drugs coming from down south, talked about all the crime and the criminals and the poverty coming from down south, building the wall. You know, he was uh, bragging about his crime bill. Remember, that's the thing everyone's all upset about now. You know how he did it? 
and drug czars and all that stuff. That's, that's all him. And then just last year, he said this. The uh, Obama-Biden administration deported more than 3 million Americans. My question to you is if an individual is living in the United States of America without documents and that is his only offense, should that person be deported? No. Depending if they committed a major crime, they should be deported. And the president was left in his, President Obama, I think, did a heck of a job. To compare him to what, what this guy's doing is absolutely, I find, close to immoral. But the fact is that, look, we should not be locking people up. We should be making sure we change the circumstance, as we did, why they would leave in the first place. And those who come seeking asylum, we should immediately have the capacity to absorb them, keep them safe until they can be heard. A 15-second, if you could, if you wish to answer. Should someone who is here without documents, and that is his only offense, should that person be deported. That person should not be the focus of deportation. We should fundamentally change the way we deal with them. And we all know where it built from there. Everybody come on up. Open policy. We want you. We love you. We need you. Remember, he kept saying, we needed you. Because all these white elitists need someone to clean their toilets. I mean, that's how arrogant they are about all this. So you came and swamped it. I'm going to play, this is another clip um, from the media, okay, that I want to share with you, just to give you the hypocrisy of the media. The beginning of it is pre-Biden, okay? So it's before Chairman Joe got sworn in. This is when Trump was in there. And then the second half will be, you'll, you'll hear the tone switch. Now, Chairman Joe's in charge. Play it. We've seen so far caged kids and overcrowded cells. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. Children are torn from their families and thrown into cages. When we have children being housed in cages, crying for their mommies and daddies, we know we are better than this. President Biden being accused and criticized for total hypocrisy. He has reopened the exact same child migrant detention center in Texas that he once himself bashed the Trump administration for operating. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened. 7,300 unaccompanied migrant children were transferred into a network of shelters. But back then, it was called a tent city where kids were kept in cages. It will be nothing like what we saw in the Trump administration. The number of children in custody higher than it was at, than its 2019 peak during the Trump administration. I don't necessarily think that it's appropriate for journalists to be inside um, centers that are that are, are not permanent places for children. And so you gotta wonder why won't they let us see because it's messy. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the, uh, um, the answer is no. A history reminder. This is a fact. This is not an opinion. This is not conspiracy. All of these facilities were opened by Barack Hussein Obama and Chairman Joe, who was Vice Chairman Joe back then. Trump shut them down, started building a wall, and had he had Trump actually picked up the phone and called Mexico, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, and got them on the phone and said, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to cut you all off. You're not going to get another nickel. 
If you don't take control of your borders and keep your people inside your borders, and if they want asylum, then they got to follow the asylum laws and you go to asylum to the neighboring country or countries. That's it. And then you have to wait. Then the chairman comes into power and he opens them all up again. It's all Trump's fault. Think about it as children. For those parents out there and those that want to be parents, you have a child that is throwing a hissy fit. You can do two things. You can take away a toy or whatever's causing the issue. Take it away and see how they behave. Or you can give them five more toys and see if their behavior changes at all in the next 10 minutes when they're jumping up and down and screaming hysterically because somebody took a toy from them. Do you discipline the child or do you spoil the child? You can do both. One will give you sanity and reason and structure. The other one will create the absolute opposite, and that's the border. Trump was holding the governments of those people accountable, as they should be, just like we hold our government accountable, at least we used to. Throwing more money at El Salvador in Nicaragua and Guatemala and Mexico, just going to stay with the politicians and they're going to spend it on themselves. None of that money is going to go to the people that we think. That the government thinks we are so naive to think, well, yeah, if we send them a million dollars, they're just going to give everybody down there like a thousand bucks. No, they're not. Because a thousand bucks down there is like 20 grand up here. You know what I mean? There, there, there's, there's serious value to that money, but they don't get any of that. You cut them off. Unless you're Chairman Joe. Then you wonder why things are the way they are. So, all building on that, NBC just sat down with the chairman. And they had a couple different topics to discuss about. But you actually have to watch the video to really get the, the disdain. I'll give it this. This NBC reporter, I don't even know his name. He's a black gentleman. He's sitting there looking at Joe, who's like a good 10 feet away across the room. And he asked him, you'll hear the clips, but now picture this as he's asking the questions and hearing the answers. The look on this gentleman's face was, you are such an idiot. This is all your fault. He's eye rolling. He's, I mean, he literally almost goes, please, dude. It was that close to happening. Play it. Before you took office in, in January, immigration was, was not one of the crises that demanded urgent action in January. Does it demand urgent action now? Is, is what's happening at the southern border, is it a crisis? It is getting urgent action now. For example, a month ago, we had thousands of young kids in custody in places they shouldn't be, and controlled by the Border Patrol. We have now cut that down dramatically. Hey, look, here's what happened, Craig. The failure to have a real transition the two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people, that they were understaffed considerably. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. 
that sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. For example, we have, they didn't plan for, which it comes every year, this flow, whether it's 22,000 or 10,000. They didn't have the beds that were available. They didn't plan for the overflow. They didn't plan for the Department of Health and Human Services to have places to take the kid from, from the uh, border patrol and put them in beds where there's security and there were people that could take care of them. So there's a significant change right now, significant change in the circumstance for children coming to and at the border. During the campaign, you pledged to reunite hundreds of children who yes. have been separated from uh, their parents by the previous administration. According to our reporting, in, in your first 100 days, not one child's been reunited. I don't how, think that, how is that? I, I don't think that's true, but that could be. What we have done is we have, we have united children with their families as they've come across the border. But one of the things is we don't know yet where those kids are. You listen to that, right? It's a longer one. It's just like two and a half minute clip. That guy lied his butt off. They've been saying that they had to reopen all the cages because there weren't, Trump shut them down. He didn't need them. Trump didn't need the cages. It was under control. Their words, think this through. And then he says, whatever, come on over. And they're dropping kids over the walls and doing everything. And they're just going crazy. This administration, the red devil, Saki has said, and I've shared the clips with you and you can go back and listen to it. That when the kids come across, they have a, like a phone number in their pocket and they call it they don't immediately give that child to whoever's on that phone because they don't know who that person is. If they really are mom, if they really are dad, which they're not, but these are actually like child sex traffickers and drug guys and things like that. And they're just bringing over their future talent and gangbangers. That's all this is going on. Chairman Joe. I mean, at the very end of it, the guy just rolls his eyes. They almost fell out the back of his head. And you're just like, dude, but now it's, it's interesting. Again, I don't understand why and what's in it for the liberal media, but every once in a while they'll do this. They'll like be straight and do their job and challenge them. Well, I don't think that's true. And then he goes on and says, yeah, we haven't done anything. And then the media then approaches vice chair Harris. Remember she was put in charge of a border. She hasn't visited and she supposedly made some phone calls telling him I'm sending you money. She gets Asked, and this is what she replies, and it's it's priceless. And I got something to say about it at the end. Let's talk about the border. Okay. President Biden has tasked you with working on the root causes mm -hmm. of the uh, migrant crisis. Yeah. I listened to the speech you gave yesterday, and mm -hmm. the issues you were talking about, corruption, climate change, they sound like they might take a generation to fix. How do you see that fitting into fixing the acute short-term crisis at the border? So I have been um, asked by the president, and I have taken charge of what we need to do to recognize that there are the issues at the border that need to be addressed, and the Secretary of Health and Human Services, um, Javier Becerra, and the Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, Alexandro uh, Mayorkas, is dealing with that. So you listen to her, right? She's in charge. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. First of all, Health and Human Services is Alejandro Mayorkas. That's who was nominated and put in there, not Javier Becerra. Now, Javier Becerra is a buddy of hers. 
And she doesn't even know what her own buddy does for a living around there. He's the one that works for DHS. Not Mayorkas. But Sarah, who has nothing to do with any of this ever historically, is the one running DHS. Health and Human Services is Mayorkas. They don't even know who does what. She's not in charge of anything. They're just faking it. This is what drives me nuts. Instead of picking people that know what they're doing and know how to deal with it and run the departments, they just pick people because of their last name. They pick people because of their color. They pick people because of their gender. They pick people for all the wrong reasons. And if anybody out there listening owned a business and said, I'm going to pick these types of people like the administration, and you get the morons that they've got, you will be closed. But I bet almost all of you sit there and going, I need to find the most talented fill in the blank. Nobody cares what your color, race, gender choices. Nobody cares. If you can focus on your job and do a great job, you go be you all day long. The CIA is dropping a new woke thing. No, we got to get these people that, you know, fit this bill. They don't need the most talented, the most smart or anything like that to go catch the bad guys. No, 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 no. We need to have transgender, cross-dressing, Asian dudes pretending to be black guys. I don't know, and I don't care. If that person happens to be the best analyst for the CIA or the best shooter on a CIA kill squad, fine. If they're not even close, goodbye. Conversation over. So we're going to get back into Biden here. Chairman Joe is going to talk about jobs. He's down in Louisiana talking about jobs. And you got to pay attention to the end because it'll show you how big the crowd is that showed up. When I think about the threats of hurricanes and global warming and, and, the, and, and the poor condition of our economy as it relates particularly to infrastructure, I think of one thing. I think of jobs. 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 My plan is a one-time $115 billion investment above and beyond business as usual. We usually do everything in the highway trust fund. This is above what we have spent in the past. They just require something we've got in good supply here in Louisiana, in Louisiana. Hard work, grit, and sweat. Business picks up at the local convenience store, at the seafood market, at the hardware store. We're center, centers of people's locus and, 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 their, and their jobs and their economies. Better jobs. It's not, it's just, I'm going to get to spend somewhere in the order of $600 billion this year. I promise you. And setting new standards where they have to be built with better material and they have to be built to withstand heavy winds and hurricanes and the like. And withstand the impact of, of, uh, of the changing weather. And it's going to provide millions of jobs, thousands of jobs, and it's going to provide much more security. It's going to put plumbers and pipefitters to work. I don't want to punish anybody. You're entitled to be a millionaire or a billionaire. Just pay your fair share. Just pay. Not a joke. Not a joke. The Chinese are eating our lunch. I'm talking about paying for it. I realize I'm getting too wonky here, giving you too much detail. From the bottom and up and the middle out. And look, here we go. You know, still, the fact is that ask your buddies, ask your buddies. Look, folks, the bottom line here is, and I'm going on too long, the American Jobs Plan puts people to work. 
Yeah, so that was like seven people. He mentioned locusts and and uh, what was the word he used? I can't even remember it now. He just said something about, and it wasn't the right word. It wasn't even a word about meandering is what I think he tried to say. And he said something else. I'm going on too long. Said that a few times. Yeah, you've been there too long. You need to go to the home and check out and call it a career. Thanks for playing. Go away. Man, this guy's just, just nauseating. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Jobs, jobs, jobs. See, it's that old Dr. Seuss thing. He can say four letter words, but not much else. So now we're going to go and uh, we're going to talk about Joe and his uh, thoughts on education. This is just funny because we just kind of put the clips together because it's education. So it's supposed to be intelligent, right? And so the clip is just, uh, 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 so play it. We were at a uh, an elementary school order today to get educators and school staff vac- vaccinated. Ambitious, talented students were up uh, to uh, that. Uh, an awful lot of uh, uh, folks who, uh, who, by the way, I have to admit, if I didn't have these positions, I'd be sleeping in a Lincoln bedroom um, uh, rather than the vice, the, the president's bedroom. But it really. You know, it, it really now, if I could hold a second here, what, you know, my plan revitalizes and over six years, uh, under six years of age. Your state, if you got, if you get four years out of here, or two tiers out of here, here's an example of that choice. Only the gains above people making $2 million a year, or excuse me, a couple. Folks, <laughs> trickle down economies, economics is, for, as, it's, Anyway, I won't go into it. I get a little carried away with this. But look, that's why my American Families Plan guarantees four additional years of public education for every person in America starting as early as we can. So there's the highlight, right? So you understand this whole thing was talking about preschool. We're going to make it mandatory that we do the Rob Reiner thing. That's Meathead from All in the Family. And the director of like a few good men and princess bride, stuff like that. He wanted universal preschool for everybody, more government stuff because why indoctrination. That's it. Indoctrination. Let's indoctrinate all these kids sooner, the better. And on top of it, let's add four more years to their education. And here's what the kids have to say about that. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 It is bad enough (laughs) that our kids from age 5, 6 through like 21, 22, if they go to college, are in front of these fascist, Nazi, communist professors and teachers that most have never worked a real job and worked in a capitalist market. They just jump straight into this. I'm going to be a teacher with my whatever degree and in impact influence and demand of you will agree with me or else you hear that all the time. I had to tell my son, I said, as much as you want to say what you want to say when you're doing a report an essay, things like that, 
You just have to bite the bullet, give them what they want, and get the hell out of that class. Get the A and move on. Don't lose yourself to these meatheads. Don't let them win, but stand up. But yeah, they just want to start them early. Start them early. Do not let your children do this. You find family, you stay home, you find other means. We have to raise our children. We have to be involved with our children. We have to maintain a presence with their education, no matter what. Hold everybody that in your district accountable. Hold your child more accountable. So we're almost to the end of 100 Days of Joe. And I want to end it, this part, on uh, Chairman Joe talking about court packing. Because we never really got to talk about that. So we're going to go back to 1983 when the Supreme Court was filled with liberals and a couple of Republicans. And Senator Joe Biden said this. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct. But it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make, and it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. The President had the right to do that. He was totally within his power, and his objective was seen clearly. Here I go, agreeing with 1983 Biden. It is a bonehead move. There is a balance to the system that gives a co-equal branch of government its place. Adding will only make it irrelevant. So much so that in 2019, Biden said this and then faded into 2020. Remember, Trump confronted him and everyone kept asking him, what, hey, what are you going to do? What do you feel? What do you feel about this? Court packing, court packing. And he would not answer. I would not get into court packing. We, we had three justices. Next time around, we lose control. They had three justices. We began to lose any credibility for the court has at all. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. Now, look, I know... It's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking it. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than focusing on what's happening now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on Corpac. He'd love that to be the discussion instead of what he's doing now. He's about, to, he's about to make a pick in the middle of an election, first time it's ever been done. The only court packing is going on right now. It's going on with Republicans packing the court now. It's not constitutional what they're doing. We should be focused on what's happening right now. The one consistent thing about liberals is they're inconsistent. They prove it every time they talk. Of course, he's got a commission going on right now that's supposed to, I think about we're five months away now on what they think we should do about court packing. Well, they're going to come back and say, put 50 liberals on air and just, just swamp it and make it irrelevant. That's the way to start, start something fight you don't want. 
but we're three months into this guy's show. And I told you, I called my shot and said six months. We're halfway there. Do you see the fall of Chairman Joe increasing over these last hundred days? Do you, from where he was, we're going, oh my God, dude. Now we're like, what the beep? It is crazy where this guy's going. But I'm going to tip my hat. I have a couple of favorite comedian classics. I mean, I have many because I very much enjoy the comedy of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s to the 2000s. One, Robin Williams, back in 2009, said this. But now, we still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the fuck? Joe says shit that even people with Tourette's go, no. No. What is going on? Joe is like your uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> oh, a wise man, the prophet, Robin Williams. He knew it then. We all knew it then. That's why the guy lost every damn time he tried to become president. But all of a sudden, 80 million people. And yeah, I'm going to beat that dead horse till someone shows me different. No way. No way, no how. He shows up places. He went to Georgia. No, they love him, right? I love him. It's about 100 people showed up. Half of them in cars honking horns. And then he got heckled. Not by conservatives. Not by anybody that, you know, with a brain. No, he got heckled by BLM and people that want ice dissolved. And he's, just give me five days. Yeah. Well, it's been like four. So I'm guessing nothing's happening tomorrow. It's Saturday. And it's past his nap time, clearly. He's got some children to go smell. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is your chairman of the USSA. Yeah, that's for you, Mike. That's our guy that talks. On our behalf, mostly it's Kamala, but he's out there. He's the guy, except when he says it's her, she's the guy, but I'm going to leave it with this and I'm going to wish you all a great week. Thanks for listening. It was a great show. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week. Good luck getting that out of your head for the next week. Be the peace. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. Peace.